0: with me as we pray to God together. Gracious almighty God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord our rock and our redeemer. And the children of God said together, amen. This week on Jeopardy, there was great Controversy. Did you hear about this controversy? So on Wednesday, November 16th, 2022, Final Jeopardy was wrong. The category was the New Testament. And the answer that was on people's TV was Paul's letter to them is the New Testament epistle with the most Old Testament quotations. So one contestant responded, who are Philippians? Another responded, who are the Romans? The winner responded, who are the Hebrews? The problem is that Paul didn't write Hebrews. (laughs) I know. Biblical scholars all over the world were like, final jeopardy is wrong. So Romans should have been the correct answer because it is Paul's letter with the most Old Testament quotations. And you know, I wasn't sure if anyone would be interested in the background that I'm about to share about 1st Timothy, but after the Jeopardy drama this week, I knew that this learning was vital. So y'all need to know that Paul did not write Hebrews. Most biblical scholars, all of them agree, Final Jeopardy does not agree. So, y'all, so get ready. So, First and Second Timothy and Titus are the three books of the Bible that are called the Pastoral epistles um, because they're addressed to people with pastoral oversight of churches. So interestingly, 1st um, first t- first and 2nd Timothy and Titus are the books that we look to a lot because they give us the structure of churches and how we're set up right now. They talk about deacons and elders. They talk about bishops and they really cemented Paul um, as the founder of the tradition by which the Christian church lived and ordered its life. But it's only been within the last 100 to 150 years that there has been a consensus among scholars that Paul did not write First and 2 Timothy and Titus, just like Paul did not write Hebrews, Final Jeopardy. So even though these letters say that they're written by Paul, uh, the vocabulary and the style are very different um, from the other letters also said to be written by Paul. That are believed to be written by Paul. It's very exciting. I mean, uh, Lee, my husband teases me that I went to school for four years and studied one book, but there's 66 books in that one book, and there's, I mean, there's all this drama and controversy. It's so exciting. So, the big seminary wor- uh, word that I learned for for the letters of First and Second Timothy and for Titus, for those pastoral epistles, the big seminary word that you're going to need for your trivial pursuit. I'm sure that this is a question. Is Deuteropauline? Pauline. isn't that a great word? Deuteropauline. Just bring it up around the turkey. You know? Oh, <laughs> I learned the word Deuteropauline. So Deutero means second. So these are secondary letters. Um, so the pastoral epistles of First and Second Timothy and Titus are not in some of the earliest biblical manuscripts, which I learned this week and I thought was fascinating. So. Um, Codex Vatican, Vaticanus, which is one of the oldest, most complete Bible manuscripts in existence, does not have First and 2 Timothy and does not have Titus. Um, Papyrus 46, which is the oldest, mostly complete copy of the letters from Paul, does not have 1 and 2 Timothy, does not have Titus. Isn't that interesting? So we hold in tension um, this value that, that we receive from biblical books but also the reality that Paul likely wasn't the author. So, you know, it's in our Bible, so it has value, but the person that we thought wrote it didn't write it. I taught the youth Sunday school uh, this morning, and we were um, talking about the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and I said, some people think that Moses wrote those first five books, but Moses dies in the fifth book. And how do you write about your death if you're dead? So Moses probably did not write it. Their minds were blown. It was very exciting. (laughs) So the value that I get um, from from these books and and from the passage that we're going to read today is about the importance of intentional relationships. It's about the importance of being a mentor and having that intentional relationship. So, the letter of Timothy shows the relationship between Paul and Timothy. Uh, Paul really took Timothy under his wing, and he was quick to recognize his heart. You know, Paul knew that Timothy wanted to serve God. Uh, Timothy had grown up under the loving influence of a faithful mother and grandmother, and Paul really invested his time in Timothy through uh, that intentional time and helped him to grow in his faith. Paul had Timothy come with him when he wanted to go start new faith communities. On the trip, uh, Paul made Timothy the leader of the church in Ephesus. Can you imagine that? Hey, Timothy, come on this trip with me while we're on the trip. Oh, Timothy, why don't you just become the leader of this church in Ephesus? And Timothy was young. Um, Some people think he might've been even 16. Uh, But Paul saw his potential to do great things for God. Uh, Paul was intentionally present to to meet Timothy where he was. And Paul gave him opportunities to learn and to grow in his faith. He gave him an opportunity to lead. Uh, Paul did it just as Jesus did it. You know, he invited Timothy into his life just as Jesus invited the 12 disciples into his life. Uh, Paul and Timothy did life together. And a true disciple of Christ was born. And we're challenged to do the same. So who has invested their time in you? If you were doing the story time like Paul, like Phil was today, who would you say was your mentor? Who has invested time in you? And then who can you invest time in? So I'm going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 1 through 14 from the Common English Bible. It says these words from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will to promote the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus to Timothy. My dear child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm grateful to God whom I serve with a good conscience as my ancestors did. I constantly remember you in my prayers day and night. When I remember your tears, I long to see you so that I can be filled with happiness. I'm reminded of your authentic faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I'm sure that this faith is also inside you. Because of this, I'm reminding you to revive God's gift that is in you through the laying on of my hands. God didn't give us a spirit that is timid, but one that is powerful, loving, and self-controlled. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about the Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share the suffering for the good news, depending on God's power. God is the one who saved and called us with a holy calling. This wasn't based on what we have done, but it was based on his own purpose and grace that he gave us in Christ Jesus before time began. Now his grace is revealed through the appearance of our Savior Christ Jesus He destroyed death and brought life and immortality into clear focus through the good news. I was appointed a messenger, apostle, and teacher of this good news. And this is also why I'm suffering the way I do, but I am not ashamed. I know the one in whom I've placed my trust. I'm convinced that God is powerful enough to protect what he has placed in my trust until that day. So hold on to the pattern of sound teaching that you heard from me with the faith And love that are in Christ Jesus. Protect this good thing that has been placed in your trust through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. For the Word of God in Scripture, for the Word of God among us, and for the Word of God within us, thanks be to God. Now, Acts 16 shares with us about Timothy. It says in Acts 16 that Timothy's mom was a believing Jewish woman and his dad was Greek. And everyone spoke well of Timothy. He was someone who lived what he preached. Timothy lived in a world where Christianity was a a newcomer religious movement. And clear statements of faith and patterns of acceptable behavior were just being decided. Because Christianity was one option among many. So I wonder, have you ever thought about why you are a Christian? Why are you a Christian? I'm a Christian because I was born into a family that had Christian parents. My mom and my stepdad uh, sang in the chancel choir. We went to church. We were involved. Uh, My mom took me to Sunday school and children's choir and youth group and supported me as I went on mission trips and summer church camps. I am a Christian um, because my mom made sure that I went to confirmation classes all school year long. I'm a Christian because people in my life, like my Sunday school teachers and my youth group counselors, invested in me. They loved me and prayed for me and I felt it. All four years of high school, I was in a weekly small group with the most amazing faithful women um, who were my bridesmaids at my wedding. And we had the most amazing leader and her love for God just glowed from every pore of her body. In that group, we prayed for one another. We learned about Jesus who loves us and never lets us go. It's important for me to remember that Christianity isn't something that I do. Christianity is something that gets done to us. Thanks be to God. You know, I need the faith of other people because Christianity is a team sport. I'm a follower of Jesus because I love Jesus. Uh, Writer Rachel Held Evans, she said, the story of Jesus is the story that I'm willing to risk being wrong about. Her words just really are powerful. You know, It's a story that I am willing to risk being wrong about. We don't have to have all the answers to have faith. I don't know why certain things happen in the world, but I know that God loves you, and I know that God loves me, and I'm a, a Jesus follower, but I still get annoyed when someone is driving slowly or walking slowly, even if I'm like on a prayer labyrinth. I'm like, come on, can you hurry up? we got a long way to go a praying. I remember I, I went to a prayer gathering one time, and we prayed for like 45 minutes. And I was like, is there a way we could have done this shorter? I mean, this is, I, I, I love Jesus, but I got little patience. We may feel uh, like it is a failure to need God because the version of ourselves in our head is perfect, you know, but that is nothing like us. We have this ideal self that is in our head and then we have our actual self. No one has ever become their ideal self because it's a mirage. The self that God has a relationship with is my actual self. That's why I'm a Christian. You know, Jesus isn't waiting for me to make myself so good that I don't need Christ. Jesus knows me by my jagged edges, and Jesus knows all the ways that I need Christ. You know, White Rock is a church that knows that we are broken people, who know that we are broken, and we are all about tearing walls down. This passage that we read from 2 Timothy is one of my favorites because my grandmother's name is Lois, which is Timothy's grandmother's name. And I'm reminded of your authentic faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois. My grandmother had diabetes, and she was in the hospital uh, when I was a few months old. And my dad snuck me into the hospital room so that she could see me. My grandmother loved me so much. Before I was born, uh, my grandmother told my mom that she was not going to die until she could see my face. So uh, when I was six months old, my grandmother Lois died, and she was buried on Holy Saturday, and I was baptized the next day on Easter Sunday. My grandmother Lois's husband was my grandpa. He moved into my neighborhood when I was in seventh grade, and him living so close to us, he just became a huge part of my life. I remember standing next to him one Sunday in worship and he was holding the hymnal and not singing. And I said, Grandpa, you have to sing. And, um, and, and he said, oh, I wanna listen to you sing. And I said, Grandpa, you have to sing, we're in church. And so he started to sing. And afterwards I told him it was okay if he didn't sing. It was not good. Uh, My grandpa had faith, and he expressed that faith in his life through his kindness, through his love for people, through his generosity. He lived what he believed. You know, you may think that you don't influence other people, but you do. My grandpa influenced me in countless ways, many that I cannot name, but in so many ways that just became a part of me. And we're finishing up the last chapter of our Unfold series titled Together. And it's been this year-long exercise of discipleship and prayer and that yearning to align our story with God's story. And all the work that we've done, all that we've learned, we're only able to do that holy work in the midst of a loving community. So chapter nine, which is the chapter that we're on, it says in the journal, who we are, what we believe, and how we love all work best when practiced in the midst of a loving community, a community centered around and grounded in our collective flourishing. So one of the chapter nine reflection questions asks, some of the greatest characters and some of the greatest stories ever told were not the main characters, But the supporting characters, Frodo had Sam, Luke had Han, who had Chewbacca, Natasha Romanoff had Yelena Belova, Julia Child had her beloved husband and biggest supporter, Paul. So ask, who are the supporting characters in your unfolding story who have helped you become who you are? And then whom are you supporting in their stories? You know, connection is why we're here. We are hardwired to want to connect with other people. It what gives us purpose and and meaning to our lives. And and without that connection, there's much suffering because we're alone. But being connected can be messy. It can be challenging. It often requires sacrifice. But connection aligns us with the core of the Christian faith, calling us to love God with all of our heart, and soul, and mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. That is our challenge, and that is our gift. Thanks be to God. Amen. (laughs)